Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week, we have a very special crossover episode with More Than Running with Dana Giordano, our sibling podcast in the Sidious Mag Network. We recapped the indoor season to date, gave you some highlights, our favorite moments, and more importantly, we gave you an in-depth preview of the upcoming U.S. Indoor Championships this weekend in Spokane, Washington. This episode is essential listening before the weekends meet, and we cover pretty much everything. Who's hot, who's on the comeback train, and who's not competing at all. We give you detailed insight and analysis into the meet, including our not-so-expert picks for every single track and field event. Dana also shares some expert perspective on the straight final format for U.S. indoors since she competed at the meet in 2019. We'd love to hear your feedback on our picks. Were they good? Were they bad? Sound off on social media. We want to hear from you and also let us know what events and storylines you're most excited to see. Enjoy the episode and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review both Run Your Mouth and More Than Running if you haven't already. Thanks for listening. conversation about indoor usas which is coming up this saturday and sunday in spokane washington and i just wanted to talk about it and i think that you know i want to know what's going on in the track i'm not i didn't do indoor this season i'm on the west coast i feel a little disconnected to the world and i want to get excited about you know the storylines of who to watch who to keep out for who's not running usas because it seems like everyone's not and who is going to make it the top two in each event qualify for the indoor world championships in Belgrade, Serbia. So there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, there is. And I feel like a great place to start is just, you talked about who's not running USA's. Uh, The short answer to that is a lot of NCAA athletes. And I feel like especially indoor is such a great time for the NCAA. There's so many awesome headlines about collegiate athletes and the how fast they're running and how they stack up against pros at races like Milrose. And really, because the season is still going on, they don't run USA's or World Indoors usually, um, which is kind of nice because you get some, you know, pro on pro uh, racing. But also, you know, there, there's a lot of these events where the fastest people in the country are, are collegians um, and, and they won't be there. So that, that kind of creates an interesting dynamic for sure. I remember in college, there was one time where, because obviously indoor USAs is really hard to qualify for. You have to be top 16 in each event, a descending order list. And that's kind of it. And if you qualify for the event, you're automatically second team All-American, which I thought was really funny just by qualifying. But there was one year where I didn't qualify in the 3K, but my time would have gotten me into USAs. And I debated doing it. And I was like, oh, should I go do USAs? And I think NCAA time that year ended up being faster than USAs. So that's an interesting point you bring up of kind of having these two events at the same time frame, but at a different level. Yeah. And then at the same time, you know, there's, there's groups that are more long distance focused or more outdoor track focused that they're pros and they don't even really care about uh, the indoor season anyways. Obviously the big headline is, you know, Bowerman after putting on a huge clinic at uh, BU a couple of weeks ago. There's only one Bowerman Track Club athlete entered at U.S. indoors. Um, and so and a lot of them are running a 10K outdoors next weekend instead. 
So it is, uh, it's an interesting dynamic. And I, I personally really like indoor races. I think they're really fun to watch. I think Me too. they're a lot more, you know, there's a lot more sort of strategy and positioning involved in the longer distances. Um, and so I kind of wish more people would do, you know, full indoor seasons, but. I know. It and it's, it like, I think it's easier to watch too. It creates such a great environment. I definitely missed being, you know, at BU at Milrose this year. I'm on the other side of the country. So I didn't get to see all the action and, uh, you know, honestly seeing fans back at the races was really nice too. seeing fans at Milrose. I know BU really didn't have much of that, but it was good to see more people coming together and actually being able to race versus just the pros. So I was happy about that this indoor season. Well, BU is funny because they don't allow spectators, but they have these massive, massive meets. So there's still hundreds of people there. So uh, in a way, oh. there's there's cheering involved, uh, which is funny. Well, I do. I mean, not to kick COVID down the road, but it definitely is also an element that I've heard of what people are deciding to not compete in the indoor USAs because indoor worlds is in Belgrade, Serbia. And from my knowledge, if you get COVID in Serbia, you have to do two weeks of quarantine there. And that's a serious risk for training. Two weeks off in March when you weren't planning on it is not ideal for anyone. So definitely leading some cautious energy into the world championship. I don't know if you've heard about that. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that at all, but that is, yeah, that is crazy to think about. And, you know, obviously, uh, particularly you know, coaches like to have everything planned out and control for as many X factors as possible. So I can see them being very risk averse to, to something like that. Um, and, and obviously, you know, part of it is, you know, it's on the, the organizing groups and the, you know, whether it's USATF or uh, World Athletics to incentivize people to, to do these races. Um, and, and I, you know, it's, it's easy to sort of, you know, point at people not on the start list and say, you know, you're being annoying for, you know, prioritizing your outdoor season over us indoors. But at the same time, it's like, well, they're doing what's best for them as an athlete and the, you know, structures need to be there to make it worth their while. Exactly. And this year with the world championship is being in the U S it's like, I think competing on us us soil is such a draw for people that I wouldn't want to have that be thrown. And uh, I remember, you know, last time a world's was hosted in the U S was indoor worlds in Portland and everyone loved that. So I, I definitely wouldn't want to miss it, but it makes you forget about some of the characters. I don't know if you feel the same way where you're like, wow, that was such a great race. And then you think about how many people are missing in the 1500, how many people were missing in the 800. And you're like, well, the U S is scary deep right now. And I don't even know all the players in the game. Yeah, I mean, even just looking at the the women's sprints, just the absence of one person, you know, Shakari Richardson, you know, completely changes the dynamic of the short sprints. Um, and the, you know, some of the top men have raced each other, you know, a little bit. Most of them are not doing USAs, but you know, yeah, the, people like her, you sort of um can forget about for months at a time while they sort of have their head down training. Although, you know, she's also on Twitter a lot, so you don't forget her about her entirely. <laughs> I don't think you can forget about Shakiri at all. But one of the other funny things was a couple of sprinters who did one or two indoor meets. And then we're like, my season's over indoor season this time. Like, I don't even know you can call that a season by just doing two meets that maybe one was contractually obligated to do is, is like, is that a season or is it just, you know, a test of fitness? 
Yeah, I always remember, um, you know, the I feel like the the notorious example of that was a couple years ago. Um, Jenny Simpson and Emma Coburn would always run just the New Balance Indoor Grand Prix. And that's it. Yeah, that I, was, I mean, I was speaking about Gabby Thomas, too. <laughs> yeah, who really um, did. And Bromel did the same thing. But uh, it, yeah, it's funny. Uh, clearly, they have some some, you know, loophole in their contracts now that they don't have to do it anymore. But it it is oh. always funny when the um you know prime race by a brand attracts people to a uh very short and perhaps not optional indoor season. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure we're going to see more of that too because the New Balance track for indoors that's being built is going to be out of control and I'm I'm pretty excited for that. I think that this also new track in Washington looks incredible as well. So I don't know, just seeing like a new track visually versus Milrose or BU kind of gets me going a little bit. Cause when you see the same track over and over again, sometimes you're like, all right, I know it's different people racing, but the environment just feels very stagnant. Yeah. And well, and just even, I think having more opportunities to kind of, um, you know, offer different racing opportunities, you know, our, our colleague Kyle Merber talked about, you know, kind of the downside of too much opportunity, particularly on the collegiate level of, of meets being open to pros and then pros not racing each other. Um, but, you know, having high quality pro races all over the country spread out, uh, throughout the season, you know, hopefully will a kind of take away some of the appeal of just like doing a random college race as a time trial and B will, you know, provide more opportunities for people to, you know, race head to head in a way that, um, you know, fits with their schedule. Um, Speaking of, (laughs) yeah, go for it. I was just going to say, do you have, before we get to the meet this weekend, um, do you have any sort of like highlights of the indoor season races or performances that stood out to you as, as particularly special? Ooh, that's a really good question. I think that one of the funniest weekends to me was when all the Nike athletes popped off in like three locations across the country, because I remember just being like, I can't even follow what's happening. There was a DMR world record broken. And then obviously, like I said, guys, this, this episode is an exception and we will be talking about men's track. I'm (laughs) including them here. This is a preview episode, but you know, we had Cole Hawker and Cooper Tier going for their time. And then we had the Bowerman athletes going for, I think Elise Cranny really was just super impressive to show that level of consistency. Um, Vanessa Frazier coming back off of injury and coming, throwing down a solid time, you know, um, Bowerman's consistent. I'll give them that, but, you know, really seeing Elise just kind of level up. I know she did that last year, but, you know, being in my peer group, that was really fun. Um, Seeing these high school women running almost two flat 800s was a really big highlight for me just because it's, I like seeing the depth go down in age because it really elevates everyone else. And I think a lot of people will stick with the sport if they run faster times sooner. So those were kind of my top things on the women's side. You know, I always love watching pole vault um, kind of feels like more of an exhibition when it's indoors because of the lack of weather conditions, but seeing mm-hmm. Sandy Morris be consistent after you know, kind of a disappointing Olympic games was fun for me and I'm sure we'll get into more, but those are kind of my, my highlights. How about you? Um, yeah, the one that I was just going to, to make sure to talk about that we didn't get to, uh, before is just the, 
world record in the DMR. Um, you know, it's it's hard to talk about a world record getting overshadowed, but with all of the fast racing that happened that weekend, it did feel like it flew under the radar a little bit. Um, and, who, and let's give a little context to who broke the DMR, who was on the team. So it was the well, and that's part of why I wanted to highlight it is that the the previous indoor world record uh, for the women was this kind of all star. Um, well, it wasn't yet a New Balance team because Sydney hadn't signed yet, but it was uh, uh, Emma Coburn, Sydney McLaughlin, Brenda Martinez, and Jenny Simpson, and they you know High broke it with great McLaughlin. great fanfare at uh, at Reggie Lewis, I think, and um to to have a team of like way less credentialed runners um you know obviously the most credentialed person on their team on the union athletics club uh was raven rogers and she ran the 400 so she didn't even run her you know primary event um but it was it was ella donahue raven rogers uh sinclair johnson and um shannon osika and they were teammates you know like it's nice to have like a team of all Mm -hmm. people on this in the same group breaking the record and breaking like a pretty legit record held by some really fast people. That was, that was really impressive to me because they didn't, you know, it wasn't one of those like soft indoor four by mile world bests that, you know, is mm-hmm. like not, a, not to throw shade at people who get those records, but like, you know, that was a pretty legit record for them to take on. Yeah. And to do it kind of, you know, as a team and they put a lot of time and effort into rebranding this team. Union Athletic Club kind of coming out of the ashes of the former um, Oregon project, but really trying to step very, very far away from that. And I think by, you know, they have a very large side of the women's team where there's always kind of a smaller element of Oregon project. So I really like the rebranding of it all. I like the video storytelling that they're doing alongside of it. You know, I think it's really important to get people to care about what you're doing. So um, we'll we'll throw the link into one of their YouTube videos of kind of what they're doing. And, you know, honestly, I just love some good photography too. They were training in St. Louis, Louis Obispo in California where I've done a camp before and it made me pretty jealous. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was like, duh. It's training camp season. I think it's always fun to follow training camp season because especially when I lived in Boston, you know, not too long ago, I miss you, David, but (laughs) when you're in training in January in Boston and you see all these pros and different locations, it kind of gets you. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, although, you know, at least in Boston, we have, uh, good outdoor track access and uh, I'll just leave that at that. Um, but, uh, no, the other thing I wanted to highlight, speaking of people who, who won't be at USA's, um, is just the, the absolute tear that the on athletics club has been on OAC mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Alicia, uh, will be in the three K, um, and, and her verse Ellie will be probably one of the, you know, hopefully one of the highlights of the meet. Um, but because they have such an international crew, um, you know, there, there won't be the, the coffee club fellows <laughs> are not eligible for us indoors. Um, and mm. some of the most, you know, impressive mid distance performances of on the men's side, you know, were, were those guys. And so, um, it'll be, there's like a little bit of kind of a, a vacuum in the, the 1500 and the three K because, you know, they were coming off those Milrose wins and, and it'll be interesting to see kind of who steps up to fill the gaps. Um, mm-hmm. And even though, the, you know, 
even though they train in the U.S., they're not American, but uh, then they will, you know, all have sometimes. to prove themselves at uh, at World Indoors because I think most of those guys are are running. So that will be kind of fun to see to see the rematch. <laughs> Yeah. Also having, you know, championship racing is different. There are no pacers at all. So I think some of these athletes, it's always surprising who does well in indoors because all the races are paced and, you know, a tactical race on a 200 meter track. We've seen some slow, slow indoor championship times in the past. I remember there was one 3k race. There's no way that was a 3k time. I think it was like mid nine forties for the professional women in the three K cause it was just trotting and that's what they always do. Um, it's, it's not that fun to do that way. So I would love to, you know, keep that in mind when we talk about each event of, you know, will not having pacers in the events make a big difference or if there's some people who are just stubborn enough to go for it and say, Hey, I'm better than you. I don't even need to mess around with slow pace. Yeah, and uh, you'll, you'll see probably a little preview of this of my uh, opinion and my picks. But um, the it, I think it always benefits the more veteran runners. You know, uh, if there aren't rabbits in the race, uh, and particularly on the the tighter turns and the smaller track, positioning becomes so important. And I think you know some of these like talented young kids they rely so much on you know that big kick at the end of a race and. You know, that can only take you so far if you can't physically get around the people in front of you. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, a slower race with, um, you know, a bit more tactics involved, uh, that really benefits people that have kind of been around the block a couple of times and, you know, have raced, you know, five, six Wanamaker miles. And uh, Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see if that plays out in the results as well. All right. So which event do we even want to start with? I feel like there's there's a lot of them. So and there's some I really can't speak to. And there's some that I feel like I intimately can. So I'm going to let you start. Which event? Kick it off. Yeah, I would say let's just run run through the schedule. And and um, just for the listener. So so you guys know we're going to uh, we're going to have a little uh, little competition between me and Dana. We're going to make our picks and uh, throw them up in a graphic. You guys can, you know, argue in the comments about um, whether you think we're right or wrong, but whoever picks more uh, winners at the end, um, uh, what, what do we say? The, the loser buys the winner a nice bottle of champagne. How does that sound? Sounds pretty good to me. That sounds pretty good. I, Cause I, I, um, I'm notorious. I don't think that listeners of my podcast know this quite yet, but I'm a notoriously poor predictor and picker of events. So, and I, I said recently, I was like, Oh, I'm not going to do this for my friends, but I was like, you know what? I've changed my stance. I'm going to make some poor predictions and poor prediction. I'm referencing is when I, I did say that Des had zero chance of winning the (laughs) 2018 Boston marathon. And, uh, I ate my words. I ate my words. (laughs) See nobody, but on the other side of that, uh, beginner's luck is very important in predicting, uh, races. I feel like the more, well, because I've done like, you know, I've done like those like, you know, let's run prediction contests and stuff. And like, honestly, the more I know about a meet, the worse I do. And like, if I'm ever just picking randomly, that's when I do like way better than expected. So. Okay, well, what if we pick, what if happens if we pick the same person in an event? We can't do that. Um, we like zigzag who gets to go first. 
or am I doing? Yeah, that? we can. Yeah, we can. Why don't you go first for the women, and I'll go first for the men, and and then we can. Okay. Uh, that that'll be fair. Uh, so the first event on the schedule is the the women's pentathlon. Um, and uh, I will uh, kick it over to you. Um, the one thing I will just say in terms of preview, um, there's some there's some big names in here. Uh, I think generally speaking, um, you know, Erica Bugard, Sherry Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Um, Kendall Williams, they're all pretty big players in the multi scene. Um, Ashton Mahler, who's a, who's a tracksmith gal, so I always root for her. Um, and of course, Erica is a uh, proud queer athlete, so I have to root for her as well. But uh, it's a pretty stacked field if you follow the multis. Um, you know, people, unlike maybe some of the distance events, uh, most of the best people showed up. So that's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of women who have yet to put down a season best. So this will be their first event of the year. And a lot of the um, decathlon men kind of don't compete until later in the season so it's it'll be interesting to see people who haven't you know thrown down a time not time a point total what what would we even say here a score a mark yeah a mark (laughs) (laughs) proving myself to be a horrible track commentator one comment at a time but don't have a mark for the season um do i go first this one yeah who you got I think I have Erica Bogart. I think that's mine. I'm, I'm still on the easy one. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to go with her. She's really fun to watch. Really just seems super natural in every event. So I'm a fan. Well, we're going to we're going to disagree right off the bat because I'm going to say I'm going to pick Kendall Williams. Okay. Um, she was so good in college and, and like had such an accomplished NCAA career that I feel like that that can sometimes help in indoor. I feel like mm-hmm. it's like if you had to peak for indoor and sublays and you did that really well, you'd probably be good at US indoors as well. And you know what? If if neither one of our picks win, then we just scratch the event. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, and the men's uh, heptathlon. Um, still weird that they don't do the same number of events in the multis. I know I can't remember who mm-hmm. it is. Somebody uh, is a is a big advocate for evening the events in those. Um, uh, and I don't know anything about it to speak with authority, but in, you know, in the interest of equity in the sport, um, let's let's see some more women's decathlons. <laughs> That's a lot of events. It's a lot of yeah. events. Are um, we at the men's I, heptathlon? Yeah, I'm gonna make this one uh, short and easy, and uh, do the fail safe um, method of picking the person with the best personal best in the field. Um, and so I'm going with Garrett Scanling. Okay. I am going to take Steven Bastian. He, I do some work with the USATF foundation and he's one of their athletes, super nice guy. And I'm going with him, you know, competing unattached, but I think it's going to show up at this event. So we'll see. And, you know, you guys just have to, you know, be kind on us for some of these predicts. We're real mid distance, distance folks, but we're stepping outside of our comfort zone. And, uh, uh, well, I think it goes the opposite too. you know, educate us. Like if we're, if there's people we're sleeping on, tell us. Cause you know, yeah, both me, me and Dana out, please. are in the market for podcast guests all the time. And if like, there's somebody really awesome, who's about to pop off at USA's, we'd love to talk to them. So, you know, sound off in the comments or the, the podcast reviews, if there's people in, you know, the multi's field events that like, we should definitely talk to. I, I don't want to speak for you, but I'd be happy to, to have them on. No. Always, always looking for new blood, always looking for new stories, especially um, people who are doing cool stuff off the track. And I think Jasmine Todd, who just joined Sidious, is really going to help us out here. 
especially in the sprints and jump side. Yeah. Um, so next we have men's high jump, and I suspect this may be one where uh, we agree with our picks. Um, but uh, to me, he has, you know, the best season's best, and he's just been on such a tear. He was so fun to watch mm-hmm. at the Olympics. Um, Javon Harrison, he's, you know, young and so talented and only on the up and up. Um, he, he hit his indoor PB this year. Um, which is generally a good sign that you're kind of, um, you know, uh, doing mm-hmm. things right early. Um, but uh, he he's definitely my pick in the men's high jump. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that, that would be my pick too, um, just because, you know, honestly, seeing an athlete who's so disappointed, he was so disappointed at the Olympics for not competing better and coming straight out of college, straight after LSU to being kind of that disappointed at the world stage just shows what kind of competitor he is. Um, well, obviously I can't have the same pick as you, but I'm going to go with, can, we said you could do the same picks. Oh, we did. Okay. I just got to pick first. Yeah. Okay. We're doing, I mean, we're doing the same pick. Yeah. I don't know if we do the same pick. I'm going to change my first one, but I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. Yeah. No. Cause the, it, the key is that like, we should both look like experts at the end of the day. So if we pick a lot of the same really good people, then Sidious will look good and everybody wins. <laughs> All right. Well, Steve, you got to pull through with me for, for me on the heptathlon. So, uh, yeah, we'll get there. I will say, um, <laughs> although I'm not picking him, uh, shout out to Hoova Taylor of the lasers track club, because that is one of the better names and club names that I, I've seen on an entry list in a while. So uh, go Hoover. I hope he does great. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the men's pole vault. So, you know, this is kind of a pretty extensive list of athletes that I wasn't expecting to see. We, and we have um, Olympians, Chris Nielsen, Sam Kendricks um, kind of showing up. So, this I could be something. We have, we have all three American yeah. Olympians because wasn't Casey Lightfoot was also uh, at the Olympics. So that's always good to see everybody showing up and, and jumping early, staying healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I got to go with Sam Kendricks. He's just so consistent, and you know, I think we haven't really seen him reach his maximum potential. Obviously, we, on the world stage, we've seen Mondo, um, Duplantis really, you know, consistently. I'm, I'm going to do a bad pun here, raising the bar. But I think Sam Kendricks um, performs pretty well in the indoors without the conditions. And again, because of the COVID situation in the Olympics, we really didn't get to see him compete. So um, I'd like to see him on our team and, you know, competing again at the world stage. Yeah, I, it's so funny. Um, the um, This is another example where a, a largely U.S.-based international athlete, uh, Mondo Duplantis, is not here and is, you know, pretty unequivocally the best vaulter in the world. So it, it does give a stage for, you know, a lot of other people um, to shine, which is exciting. Um, just to be, you know, a little different, mix it up a little, uh, I'll go with uh, Chris Nielsen. Um, he and Kendricks have had, you know, a great, uh, a great rivalry over the years and, uh, it will be exciting to see it continue. Yeah, he Uh, he does. Yeah. I'm, I, I, you know, when in doubt, pick off the, uh, the person who's jumping the best recently, um, in the vault, it usually ends up being a good strategy. This is the experience Um, versus recency bias. Yeah. And then so so the next uh, the next event is one we we are uh, allegedly more expert on the women's 1500. Dana, you've run the women's 1500 at both Mm -hmm. indoor and outdoor USA's. Um, One thing that's a bit unique about indoors versus outdoors that I'd I'd be interested to hear your perspective on 
is the straight final. Um, mm-hmm. Unlike the outdoor championships, um, these the distance events just have one final um, and no uh, preliminary rounds. And so, how does that how does that affect your you know kind of preparation and mentality going in? Yeah, I mean, I've actually never competed in indoor USA's, which is surprising. Um, oh no, I lied. I did. I did. You it definitely was so run the year. It was the two mile. Yeah. Yes. No, I did. I kind of just forgot. It was pre Let the record show. Uh, I'm a bigger fan of Dana's running than she is of her own. Running. I actually <laughs> might have done the mile there as well. So, you know, guys, it was pre COVID. It was pre COVID. We had to forget ourselves. <laughs> it was I a lifetime it, ago. It honestly was. Uh, the straight final honestly kind of stinks. And I don't like it because. I like rounds for the 1500 because I think it gives you your race tactics back and you have a little more comfortability with, you know, making sure you know your kick is, where the players are, how you're moving. And this is it's a pretty big field for an indoor 1500. What do you mean? 14 people in here. So I don't know. I, I think things are going to get messy. I think there's going to be a lot of pushing and shoving and I don't know. It makes me nervous. It makes me nervous. The straight final. That's how I feel nervous. And maybe it's because I have too many friends and this is why guys, we're not journalists. We're just, you know, what is it? Chris is the only journalist in the city of Smag family. We are journalism. Yeah, we're we're uh, commentators, not not journalists. Uh, I think that is the the way I think about it. <laughs> yeah, we so can't be we, unbiased. <laughs> we cannot be unbiased, and this is you know even I almost don't even want to make a pick. I've got a couple too many friends, but I'm gonna do it for you guys. I'm gonna do it, and <sighs> Ellie, Josette, Heather, it's like this one hurts. This one hurts me to make a pick. But I think I got to go with Ellie. She has the tactical moves from Milrose. We've seen it again and again. Really showed up. And I think Ellie also has a way of protecting her space on the track that we have that's important in this type of championship racing. She can hold her space. I think in Milrose, you know, you kind of felt people coming up, but Ellie held on to her own space. And I think that's kind of going to be the key in this race. Yeah. I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, um, Ellie has been so dominant on the domestic scene. Um, you know, uh, one of the things you talked about sort of pushing and shoving and, and kind of the crowdedness of indoor races, um, having someone like her in the race is tends to um, take out some of that X factor because she will, you know, get out hard and string it out early. And she has really proven that she can run from the front um, and, and win from the front. Um, and so, so that will take, you know, there's some of these folks who, you know, are so strong in the last, you know, hundred meters of a race, whether it's, you know, Nikki or, or Corey McGee, um, you know, Josette, uh, who are big kickers, but, you know, if somebody is just grinding from the front, um, you know, there's only so fast you can run off a hot pace. Um, and mm-hmm. so I am going to agree with you and, and pick Ellie, uh, for the win here. Although I will say. Someone to just keep an eye on in this race, um, who's had kind of a quietly successful season, is Alexa Ephraimson. Um, oh. She ran uh, something like her fastest mile time since like 2016 at BU earlier this year. Um, and, 
you know, hasn't done a huge, um, hasn't had maybe the pro career that, that maybe folks thought she would when she went pro, but you know, she's with Union Athletic Club now. Seems she's still to be, so you know, young. Healthy, training well. Like it just, folks like that, you just, you would love to see that kind of, you know, I don't even say a comeback story because she's been, you know, competing on a high level for years, but someone living up to their potential. Um, and maybe this is her year. You never know. Yeah. And I, obviously we're going to see Joe Sen in the mix. We really haven't seen Shannon go super head to head people at Sika. Um, it's going to be a fun race to watch. And that straight final is going to be going to be a blast. So I think let's, let's pair this up with the men's, um, if oh, we're going Jesse out of order? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Well, you want to stay back in order? We can stay in order. Yeah, I, li- I think this way the listeners have to, uh, you know, all the long jump fans have to listen to the 1500 and all the 1500 fans have okay, to listen good. to the long jump. Well, for your guys' reference, too, this is all the events that are on Saturday. So it's a Saturday, Sunday. It's a two-day meet. Um, so you'll have your track fixed for the whole weekend. All right. Yes. Here we go. Uh, Women's long jump. We have our we got, own Sidious's uh, Jasmine Todd in there. Fun to see her getting back after it. Um, we have Olympian Quinesha Burks. We have Tara Davis, our entertainer. My nemesis. <laughs> uh, the kindest. Yeah, the, she is just so entertaining. And um, I'm going to go with Burks on this one. I think she's just solid, super consistent. If you guys don't follow her on social media, so adorable and just kind of one of my favorite people to follow along with um and really has well, a, if you don't know her story, story there's a wonderful profile of her in sports illustrated that um that chris chavez wrote um not to you know further increase increase chris's well if you want ego, the spark but... notes you can watch a tiktok that she made about her story from you know <laughs> all right and... even better don't read chris's article just watch Juanisha's <laughs> TikTok. Hey, i know your i know our attention spans are short so if you've made it to this far in the podcast you can read the article but if not yeah. just watch the tiktok <laughs> um i will uh this may surprise uh well-informed listeners but i'm picking tara davis (laughs) she's jumping great this year um and then uh you know let's let's skip the first rounds let's just go right right to the finals so we got women's shot put next Mm -hmm. um sadly uh my fave and yours raven saunders not in the field coming off uh surgery and still getting healthy and um training well but that doesn't mean there's not a lot of really really accomplished women throwing um mm-hmm. do you yeah. do you got a pick for us dana yeah i mean um if we're, we're going by season b's chase ely has really showed up the season this season maggie ewan um jessica ramsey you can't count out um we kind of a little nike adidas thing going on here but i'm gonna go i'm actually gonna go with i'll go with um i think i'm gonna go with maggie ewan because it's just not interesting enough for me to go to the the lead, season leader um, of Chase Ely. So I'm going to go with Maggie just to spice it up. And, you know, I will also mix it up, too, and say Jessica Ramsey. You know, she's a big she's a big meat player. Um, and, and I bet she can deliver um, on the big stage. Um, which right. leads us to um, the last final of day one. Last final of day one, the men's 3K, um, which is interesting because. It's not, I don't want to say it's a, it's a shallow race, but it's, there are some folks missing from this race who who could have made it, um, you know, a little more interesting who are, um, either not racing, um, and, and, 
uh, with respect to a lot of the Bowerman guys or, or have chosen to run fresh in 1500. Um, mm-hmm. But as a result, it, it should be a, a pretty interesting race. Um, my take on this is that um, the uh, I, I will spoil my pick and say that I think Cole Hawker is going to win. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think his uh, Cooper Tier is not running, but I think Cole's uh, de facto teammate in this race is going to be Connor Mance. And the reason why I think of that is because... Oh. Connor Mance is going to push from far enough out. Um, you know, he doesn't have that sort of top end speed that some of the other guys in this race do. Um, that he's going to keep it honest from, you know, 2K or, or maybe even a mile in. And as a result, they'll be going, you know, fast enough toward the end of the race that there will only be so many guys there left to close in that last, you know, 200, 300 mm-hmm. meters. And Hawker has the fitness that, you know, he can run, he can run sub 740. Um, I think he might be the only guy with a sub 740 PB in the mm-hmm. field. Um, and, you know, he can also, he also has that big, you know, 25, 26 second kick um, in him. If it's a slower race, you know, look out for Ben Blankenship, look out for, um, you know, uh, Drew Hunter, um, some of these more, um, you know, mile up guys. Um, but I also think, I think it's going to stay fast and I think it's going to be um, fast long enough that it will come down to, you know, maybe three, four guys in the last lap. And and if Hawker is one of those guys, uh, I think he's demonstrated that, that he can, he can take the win. Mm. So I've seen Drew Hunter win indoor titles. And I That's think true. that I have to go with Drew Hunter over Cole Hawker. I'm going to get a fucking text from Drew <laughs> being like, I can't believe you didn't pick me and Dana did. But um, I'm um, going to pick Drew for, I have two, re- two big reasons. One is that Drew did not run at the trials due to injury. And that's a lot of, you know, race competition that just hasn't been let out yet. And I don't think we've seen it. He's PB'd in this event this season. And he, you know, he's healthy. He's happy. He's happy. I think he's newly engaged and happy people run well. So I'm excited for the matchup and I'm going with true. And I'm just, you know, now he's being coached by coach Hunter, his mom. I just, that's the story that I want to see. So that's my pick. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's interesting because those, those guys ran great at, um, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago in that 3K at uh, Terrier and, and Milrose um, and then had kind of an off week at, at Valentine, um, you know, probably hopefully a sign that, you know, kind of the peaking system is working well. Um, if, if folks are kind of, you know, running fast at the right times. Um, and, and so it'll be interesting to see how the how the Tin Mob, um, I think there's what, there's three guys from Tin Man in this race. Um, how they bounce back from from for what most of them was a pretty disappointing um, you know performance at at Valentine's. So it'll be fun to mm. see. And well, that takes us to oh sorry to Sunday to Sunday day two right yeah and Sunday, you know baby. I, I was gonna say that it takes us to an event that I probably of all of the events know the very least about the men's weight throw and I just have to my pick for this is going to be Rudy Winkler, which is your pick. I think technically and- I get to pick first because it's a men's event, but well, I will say to perk, I'm with you. Go Big pick. Red. Yeah. My college teammate, 
Rudy, great guy. Can't be, can't be unbiased in this one. <laughs> because I knew your pick. And I knew that was what it was going to be. So I also think even I offer Daniel Ha as well. He's really creates great content on social. Um, I've been following along with that, him as well. So maybe we'll mix it up. But I think Rudy's my pick as well. Yeah. And it will be, I mean, it'll just be um, fun to see what he can do at Worlds, honestly. Um, he's throwing so well this year um, and has so um, really elevated you know, the, the profile of, of weight and hammer throwers, um, on the international level. Um, so, so, you know, and frankly, you know, it, it's always a good sign that you've set the bar high when not getting a medal, um, mm-hmm. in the Olympics is, is a disappointment. Um, and so hopefully he can, uh, you know, bring home some hardware in, uh, Serbia, not to, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but, uh, mm-hmm. we'll be exciting to see. Um, next on the finals list, we had the women's triple jump. Big battle here. Ooh, women's triple jump. We've got Tori Franklin. We got Katura. I mean, it's the on the American triple jumping scene recently. It's been them. You know, they've been the yeah. the, the two Oliver. heavyweights. Um, you know, they they are so um, you know, dominant over the they've over the field. They've been trading um american records back and forth um for the past couple of years um uh so it, it'll be it's always fun to watch them go at it um and you know for the maybe more distance focused fans of the podcast i have to say you know it is really exciting to watch you know a head-to-head battle in the field event is particularly in the jumps um and so Keep an eye on, on events like this one because because they are really fun and they they are really you know the drama and excitement of those you know fifth or sixth round jumps really can't be overstated. Um, the first pick is yours on this one, so go. I'm for not going to steal my thunder. Okay, I'm going Tori Franklin. All right, just for variety, I'll go Katara Orji. Um, she uh, they both are are excellent. It honestly could go either way. Um, I'm excited to see how it goes. And then we have um, our next. men's triple, which is following up, same event. I just love the triple. It makes me think, you know, they're going to pop an Achilles every time. It just <laughs> looks like the most painful event of all time. And the height that they get, I don't know. It's one of my favorites to watch just because I think it looks so interesting and in how far they can actually jump. So I think we've yeah. got our favorites. You know, Will Clay, obviously extremely accomplished. Um, Chris Bernard, Donald Scott kind of you know lots and lots of it's kind of anyone's game yeah, this, this is, season this is an interesting one where you've got kind of do we go with the the recency bias or or the you know personal best because will clay has the best personal best in the field but but don scott has um the best season best so um i i tend to go with who who's been jumping well recently um, so I'm going to go with Donald Scott, um, but, but Will Clay is such a gamer that, that I wouldn't be surprised if he, uh, if he delivers. All right. I'll go Will Clay. <laughs> Make it nice and nice and interesting for us. Yeah. We got to um, mix it up. We can't have all the same oh, yeah. picks. That's just not even, that's not even interesting. We've been pretty huh? good so far. And honestly, you know, as much as we complain about people not doing us indoors, it's clearly a sign that the depth is there. If we're, we're able to split so many of these tickets, um, I think it just goes uh, to show that not, the depth is there in the U.S. just overall. I mean, there's so yeah, many people, and I sure. think 
uh, a lot of people, you know, are even injured that we haven't spoke about that haven't competed in this indoor season, especially in the distance events that I know that I'm more aware of is that there's some key players that have either gotten COVID or gone injured that are not competing this indoor season. So, um, I can't wait for outdoor, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself and we're going to (laughs) go to the women's high jump. (laughs) Yeah. Um, this one, you know, I think there, there are some challengers, uh, to, uh, to Vashti Cunningham. Um, you know, particularly some, you know, folks like Anika McPherson that have been around forever and are so, um, you know, experienced from a, a championship perspective. Um, but, but she's been kind of the cream of the crop lately. Um, uh, you get the first picks, so, so I'll defer to you. Yeah. I mean, I also doing well season is Jelena Rowe, but I think I've rarely seen Vashai not jump well. And I think that she just, she shows up for championship re- jumps races i stuttered i stuttered but she shows up when it counts gets it done doesn't do more work than she needs to so i'm going fast time yeah and we're gonna agree on this one um you know i I think she's the until proven otherwise she's she's been kind of the dominant force in in american high jumping for the past couple of years um women's pole vault uh another kind of battle of heavy hitters on this one Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously we have Katie Najet, the Olympic um, gold medalist from this summer in Tokyo. Sandy Morris has been competing well. And then, you know, there's always someone, and I don't know where everyone's from, but I always like to say there's always someone from Arkansas because it seems like they always (laughs) just have one of their athletes that does really well all the time. But I think I'm going to go with Sandy to mix it up from, you know, Katie from Katie Najet. Um, I know that Katie has a little bit better of a season's best, but I think Sandy is now training with her group and is kind of on a roll. So I'm, I'm going to go with Sandy. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's great to see them training together. Um, if you are interested in a, um, you know, pretty in-depth look at kind of the technical side of pole vault, uh, this week's lap count um, had an interview with Sandy where she really gets into sort of the nuts and bolts of, yeah, now that these two women are, training together, you know, I, I think they're going to take the event to new heights, no pun intended. <laughs> but uh, again, just for variety's sake, I'll, I'll pick Katie uh, since you picked Sandy, but uh, their battle, you know, as always, is going to be, is going to be awesome, fun to watch. Um, next, we have the men's shot put. Um, <laughs> this is, a you know, a tough one to, uh, to, debate over surely uh with the world record holder and olympic champion in in the event um can we maybe just you know make this one a short one yeah, and okay. say that ryan krauser is going to win and we agree we're, we're <laughs> going to go with the ryan's and krauser show and we're going to move on to the men's 400 final which we had to go back to the previous day because that hasn't been run yet obviously so wow There's I, I will a lot say um people enter just just to you know before we get accused of disrespecting Joe Kovacs, um, he's not the, entered. Uh, he's not entered uh, as the as the reigning silver medalist. So even more so, I think Krauser is gonna gonna win. All right, for the men's four hundred, a lot of good uh, men entered in the four hundred. Interesting to see Brazier uh, entered there and not the eight hundred. Um, but it should be uh, it should be fun to fun to watch. The 400 is always a weird event indoors, you know. Like I, I always kind of feel like I have no idea on this one. <laughs> I'm just gonna you say can go that. down the list and pick someone random. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's it's definitely. Um, 
I'm going with you Trevor know. Trevor Brissett. He's a D2 guy. He's one of the foundation athletes. So I'm going with him. He's a um, pretty fast season best. I'm going with Trevor. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm interested that there's there are a couple names on here that uh, you know you would expect to see that you don't. You know, Will London and and some of those guys. Um, I'm gonna. You know, uh, just to just to make it interesting, uh, I will agree with you. I don't know how interesting that makes it, but Trevor Bassett is my pick as well. No Donovan, um, no Donovan Bone. <laughs> throw. Uh, no, it'll be interesting to see how he does. I mean, if he's if he's running it at USA's, I think you know clearly he's he's hopefully. All right, Trevor, some, you know, we're rooting for you. Work. Go for it. Um, Get it done. Yeah, D two baby, represent you. Neither of us ran D two, but still, it's nice to see that him do well. All right, we got the women's um, then, weight throw. Women's weight throw. I think this one's interesting because we have a lot of women who are kind of, you know, known for other events that are in here. Um, you know, weight throw has similar to hammer, shorter handle, heavier weight, smaller. So how does kind of a very good hammer thrower convert to this event? So I'm going to go with Janae Caspinoy. She's a very interesting story. Um native athlete and just a fun one to follow also on tiktok really exposing myself here with how much i watch tiktok it's embarrassing <laughs> she makes great content so i'm going with janae she also does have um the best season best so david you can also take her um i'm gonna go Janae stewart just to mix it up a little bit um but uh you know big big nyak guy always nice to see them you know sponsoring field events um as well as runners um, but yeah, you know, I mean the, it'll be fun to, to see, you know, it's a big field and it's a big, you know, pretty evenly matched one. Um, so it's always fun to kind of have, uh, some unexpected battles. Um, we have a secretly we deep have... event, secretly deep men's long jumps. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of folks, um, entered, um, you know, uh, again, as we, we talked about Javon Harrison, you know, he does not have the best season's best um, in the field. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see sort of, um, you know, how he how he shakes out after competing on day one uh, in the high jump. Um, definitely some other good names to note: Jerry and Lawson, um, Marquise Dendy, who has the um, uh, best season season's best in the field, um, and is always like completely out of pocket on Twitter. Um, so, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how this shakes out, uh, generally speaking, you know, uh, the, the long jump, I think, um, is one of those events that people always think of as an outdoor specific event, but, uh, you know, going indoors as well, uh, it's fun to see guys try to get, uh, get over eight meters. Um, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Javon. I'm gonna double down on him. Um, okay. I think, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see, uh, how he, how he bounces back, but he's used to that. And after you win, you know, to a uh, couple NCAA championships, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to say no to that. All right. I'm going to go with, uh, Marcus Dendy, you know, solid, great season, best can't really count him out. And that's my pick. And then we, awesome. we have so many more events to get through. So, guys, we did not think this. Would yeah, be we can this be long. pretty pretty quick with some of these. Yeah. All right, women's eight hundred. Obviously, we don't have a thing mo in the event, which you know is a 
I'm going to miss her. I'm going to miss her seeing her compete here. Do you know why she's not competing? I don't. Um, it's weird because like she didn't really run the eight. She ran the mile and then dropped out of that race at Milrose. Um, hopefully there it wasn't an injury issue, but it, it she had a weird season and someone should, you know, check in to see how she's doing and how training's going. But um I think she's got some know, bigger I, sights for outdoor. Yeah. Fortunately I think that, you know, kind of um does make our conversation a little shorter. Um you know, Aji Wilson is just so such a proven commodity. Um, you know, uh, shout out to Olivia Baker, who's been running great with Atlanta Track Club. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil Meyer showed up this season. There's been a lot of personal. Bucks. Yeah, big PR after a long time. You know, it, entirely possible uh, that uh, you know Sophia Gorian, the the high schooler, is you know in the mix. I I don't think she's going to win, but I I, I think you know. Aji Wilson, until she shows any sign mm-hmm. of uh, slowing down or, or sticking with her. Yep, I feel the same way. Ajay, you're the move. All right, men's 800. Really? You know, this yeah. is another event super, super deep. Um, you know, Drew Wendell's in here. He's won a global medal, but really hasn't kind of shown the same form ever since. Isaiah Harris has been running really well this season ever since switching over to the Beast. Um, Bryce Hopple. He's a great tactical competitor as well. Donovan Brazier is double entered, so I'm not exactly sure which one he's going to do. Um, yeah, they're they're about half an hour apart, so my guess would be that he is going to scratch at least one of them. Um, Engels is entered in both the eight and the fifteen as well, so I suspect that he will probably. Um, and then you, know, you can't count out the Atlanta Track Club guys really showing up. They're incredible indoor racers. The Atlanta Track Club guys. So this is this is a tough pick for me. I think I'm going to go with um, Isaiah Harris because, you know, he didn't make the team at the Olympic team. And I think he's got some unfinished business and some new life from joining a new team. What do you think? Um, I'm going with friend of the pod, Bryce Hopple. Um, you know, he's healthy again, training great one at Melrose. Um, he has been pretty good indoors um, historically. Um, and it will be. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how his how this whole year goes because um you know he he had such a long year in 2019 and then was sort of up and down in 2020, um so so kind of the first you know will you call it a full, you know second full pro year um it, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does, um, and then after that we have uh, women's 3K. Women's 3K. All right. Uh. It took this long to get here. My favorite event. My favorite yeah. indoor event. This should be an outdoor event. The, it used to be. It's not. It's sad. Well, they used to be an outdoor event because they didn't have the steeple in the Olympics until 2008. But uh, yeah. here we are. Here we are. Um, I mean, I think the question is then is going to be, you know, um, how does how does Ellie double back? You know, I think if she is, is fully sort of on her game, um, she'll be hard to beat. That being said, I was really impressed by Alicia Monson's mm-hmm. performance at Melrose. Um, she she really, um, you know, showed a a sort of uh, you know class beyond her years um, in in controlling that that race. Um, I think it's so funny because she's one of those people that like everyone has kind of written her as this. Oh, she's a strength runner. She's a ten k runner. Can't wait till she go to the roads. But she has like a pretty friggin' devastating kick. Um, mm-hmm. and it'll, and, you know, 
I'm tempted. Uh, you get the first pick because it's a women's event, but uh, I- I'm tempted to to pick her over Ellie in the upset just uh, to spice things up. Yeah, I think the double back is is tough. Um, I think you know focusing on one event definitely gives you a leg up. We can't count out Joseph Norris, who's just been on an absolute tear this season, and obviously Winnie Claudie as well. Um, I would pick. Winnie in a lot of situations, but seeing how the way Alicia kind of took off at Milrose, uh, it's Alicia's race to lose. It really is. She has just shown up. And I think the other person we have to shout out this season too is Andrea Roenfels from the BA, really, you know, PRing. I think kind of a little bit of, you know, a newbie to a lot of this high level track racing. So could toss things up and just mix it up. So this would be a really fun event to watch. But I'm going to go with Alicia too on this one. Just she showed world-class execution. Nice. All right. Well, we got, uh, we are nearing the end of the list Couple here. Um, we got the women's 400 next. Um, this is, I mean, the thing is, is now the listeners are going to be uh, experts uh, when it comes to all things U.S. indoors. This is like uh, track women's talk 400. abbreviated pre preview edition, which we didn't really do in the, yeah. uh, the track talk this summer. For whatever reason, has like half the entrance of the men's race um but at least that's fewer people to choose from so so give me your 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 uh gut instinct what are you going for all right all right gun to my head gun to my head i'm going with jessica beard nice good pick um i'm going with lena irby all right Um, also good pick also good pick let's see oh men's 1500 um this one will, will also be interesting. We got Hawker doubling back. We got a uh, uh, tier running fresh, which will be interesting. Um, Colby Alexander. I, I'm, temp- I'm tempted to pick, you know, sort of some of the more experienced wheels in the race, whether it's Craig Engels, Johnny Gregoric, um, Colby Alexander, um, Josh Thompson. You know, he's he's one of those guys who really benefits from. Um, the lack of rabbits because he is lethal in, in slow races. Um, so this is a tough one for me. Um, Craig, you know, he's entered in both the men's eight and 15. So I'm a little risk averse there. Um, he also doesn't have as fast I'm, as best as the rest of the field. No sub um, 340 for him quite yet this season, which a couple other guys have knocked off that mark. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is one of those events where I'm, I'm less concerned with, uh, with, um, season's best. Um, I'm going to go, oh, you know, it feels wrong to pick against tier running fresh in this race. Um, so, uh, I am gonna, the anticipation, I want to be bold, but it's the safe pick. I'm, I'm, I'm going with tier here winning that one okay i'm going bold i'm going bold i've got nothing to lose i'm going colby alexander i think he's got i would love to see it i would love that would be awesome i think he's been running really really well um you know if you follow the city of smag channels you know obviously huge fans of colby um running unattached is i mean obviously it's empire elite but running unsponsored gives you a lot of fire and you know he's run the times to prove it and i think if not winning, making this team means a lot more to him than other people. And I think that takes you very far in this style of racing. So I'm going Colby. I, I, my head is with Cooper, but my, my heart is with Colby. That's for sure. 
Um, okay, to finish it. Women's all. sixty hurdles. Um, the hurdles, I think, hopefully will be uh, will be a pretty easy sell, given that we have a couple world record holders in in both. Um, but we have um, on the women's side. Um, oh no, we don't have world record holders because Kenny Harrison is not entered. Um, I don't even have the so, list. Where is it? It's a uh, it's a uh, earlier on Sunday. Oh, um, it's like a same day thing. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I'm going with um. You know, it's tempting to pick uh you know, just the fastest season best in the field, but I'm going with experience and I'm going with Christina Clemens. Mm, that's a good pick. And, you know, I've got to give a quick shout out. I know we shouted out Rudy for uh, big red, but for the big green, we have Chimia Rothwell who's running unattached. She was a, a Dartmouth competitor. So um, a little back from the field, but it's cool to see, you know, people running post collegially as well. Um, I'm going to go, you're, you did Christina Clemens. I'm going to go Gabby Cunningham. But you really can't count out Sharika Nelvis either because she's just a fun one to watch. So 60 hurdles. Yeah, it'll be. um, Hopefully, um, this will be an easy one in the men's 60, given that uh, what I think the streak is at 46 races or something like that, that that Grant Holloway has not lost in the 60 hurdles. Mm. Um, It's it's a pretty safe bet at this point. Uh, Grant Holloway. Yeah, I got to go with Grand Holloway. It's really interesting seeing how these events light are, are laid out, men's to women's. This men's field, again, exceptionally deep, large number of entrants here. Um, Daniel Roberts from Nike as well. I think that you just would be a fool to not pick Grand Holloway here. And yeah. I might and, be a and fool in other events, know, but not here. <laughs> not, to, not to disrespect the field at all. You know, we, we got Jared Eaton, we got uh, Devin Allen. You know, it's a quality field, but, but Holloway has just been on another level this year and in the past couple of years. So um, we have uh, the last but not least, we have the sprints, the, the men's 60 and the women's 60. Uh, the women are first, um, so I will kick it over to you. Um, yeah, the I will 60... say, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, I, I uh, really want Makai Briscoe to get a pro contract, so I uh, am I'm standing her hard recently. Um, but but yeah, what what do you think? Yeah, I think. This, again, out of my comfort zone, Jasmine Todd, who's entering the field, is going to have to do our sprint education very soon. <laughs> um, honestly, the 60 cracks me up as an event because you're going so fast for such a short amount of time. And, you know, those 200-meter runners really kind of don't have that endurance that gets you through the 100 in a way. You know, it's like if you're really good at 100 and 200, you, you might not be the best of the 60 because it's all about getting out of the blocks, getting out hard. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with one of the fastest entry time in the field. I'm going with Mary Beth sent price. All right. Um, yeah, I'm sticking with Makai Briscoe. Um, uh, and can somebody please pay her, uh, please. Uh, <laughs> Again, why is the men's? There's so many more entrants. It's crazy. Men's 60. Oh, we got Ronnie Baker. We got Marvin Bracey. We got Christian Coleman, of course. Jeff Henderson. Yeah, as, as much as there's a lot of people in this field, the the narrative to me is who's not in it because Bramel's not in it and Noah Lyles isn't in it, which kind of sucks because the the three way showdown with them and uh 
and Coleman would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's an interesting time. You know, I think that the hundred is going to be even more interesting um, in the spring with the addition of, you know, a couple NCAA guys and Fred Curley and, and whoever else shows up. Um, but right now, I think it's, you know, it's the it's the Coleman show for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Coleman show better or worse. So I'm not going to pick him. I'm going to go with Ronnie Baker. All right. I'm here for well, it. Well, that, uh, that's a hot take to to wrap up the preview. Um, but uh, Like I said, yeah. I'm not it's, the best at this. And this was my idea of doing the preview show. Maybe you are the best. We'll see on Sunday evening. Um, and the, the listeners will have to see as well when Dana absolutely spanks me in this prediction contest. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. But, uh, There's no way. Well, overall, <laughs> if you've lasted this long with David and I, the athletes are competing for two, not three spots. So two people from each event qualify for the world championships in Belgrade, Serbia. There's a lot of track and field coming up this spring. So this is really a taste of who's ready to compete at the world stage before the outdoor world championships in Eugene at beautiful Hayward field. So stay tuned. Please call us out. I want to be absolutely called out out for my horrible picks yeah if you were missed sleep on who did we completely disrespect let's sound off in the comments and let us know